Hey there, everybody. This is the Water Trio podcast. I'm coming to you with my dear friends, Kelly Surtees and Alicia Youssef, and I'm Cassandra Tindall. So we are going to outline for you some of the highlights of the week that kind of bridges July and August. So um, yeah, we're on a bit of a shift swap too this week, or well, as of now, Alicia and I were here at nighttime and Kel is enjoying her Belgium morning. So yes. tell us, everybody just wants to know like where you're at, Kel, like don't worry about the aspects of the week. We'll yeah, that's there. true. How are you? We are. <laughs> I know because this is our first show since just, I mm, changed continents. So look, the $64 million question straight up, straight up. Tell us all about it, Kel. Tell us all about it. Well, what's the chocolate like, Kel? The chocolate's (laughs) amazing. I'm going to come back a more voluptuous version of myself. There's no, between the chocolate and the cheese, I've got no chance. Yeah, for sure. The sheep's milk cheese and the goat's milk cheese is amazing. And we might as well be in Italy as well with, for all the beautiful prosciutto and hams and things, you know, Mm. for people who are into those types of things too. Uh, so we found our favorite local market. That's just a few minutes from our apartment. We've also found this stunning flower market that's on every week, which sort of just feels Hello, Venus. very European. <laughs> and my Venus is in, and the flowers are really cheap. Like my husband oh, bought me this better. beautiful bouquet of flowers that would have cost probably something like a hundred dollars back in Canada or more in Australia. Cause everything's expensive mm. in Australia and they were 15 euros which converts wow. to about not even 30 Canadian or Australian dollars. So just amazing. So he's like, so you better get flowers more often, babe. I'm like, fantastic. Um, we are still in a bit of a Sign me up. Sign me up. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, my fingers are crossed that by the time this episode goes to air, our stuff will have arrived and cleared customs because we are a little bit sort of between the hotel and the apartment because our apartment is mostly empty other than my office, which has all of our Ikea boxes as soundproofing, which is a bit of a podcasting <laughs> hack to try and reduce echo. Uh, but look, we're loving it. It's It sort of feels very smooth and a little surreal and kind of normal all at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm awesome. just waiting for you gals to come visit, basically. Yay. Yeah, well, judging by the photos that your lovely husband's been putting on social media, it's only going to be a matter of time before I am you know, typing in flightcenter.com.au and booking those tickets. <laughs> well, at totally. It's funny. My husband was asking me, do you think Cass will come visit? I said, I hope she does. And maybe she can bring Linky and, you know, and Alicia, I'm kind of figuring you guys will just add us to one of your trips to Israel at some point. Um, yeah. Because we have room for the kiddos too, so... I might leave them in Israel and just. I mean, you come can leave. You don't have to bring them, but they are always welcome. So <laughs> thanks, Tully. Oh, I know. It feels like a wonderful concept to, uh, you know, eat cheese and baguettes through the streets of Europe and buy fresh flowers and stop somewhere for a afternoon tipple as the long sun sets. You know, <laughs> it's it's all. I'm just made of that stuff. So well, anyway, Cass, um, I don't know if we sent you this picture, but um, in the supermarket there is a Scotch tasting station. What? <laughs> I think Cass yeah. might be moving there. <laughs> okay, where's that? Where's that passport? <laughs> Went to one of these large grocery stores, and I thought grocery stores in America were large, but 
there's some here in Europe that are way bigger. And the alcohol section, so there's a brewery for beer inside the supermarket. Then you're in the wine section. And then you're in the spirit section. And there's actually like six or seven bottles of scotch. And you put your money in and you can have a shot of scotch to taste them before you purchase. Holy cow. So, yeah. yeah. Cass, they're ready for you here. Yeah. My Venus and Taurus is just about to pack her bags. (laughs) And enjoy all the finery that uh, the best of Belgium has to offer, right? Totally. Anyway, I know there are other things to talk about this week other than (laughs) supermarkets in Europe. (laughs) It's a good starting point. We are, just so everybody knows, we are recording this episode while the moon is in Taurus. Yes. So we are talking about all the finery and all the, uh, the little luxuries, um, food, chocolate, wine, and all of that stuff. Absolutely. I started my day this morning scrolling. I'm like, I'm going to look up recipes on Instagram, which I never do. And of course, I go straight into like the paleo chocolate mousse dessert things. And I'm like, oh, the moon's in Taurus now, isn't it? (laughs) It's all right. I just agreed to make. I just agreed to make beetroot chocolate cake with my daughter because she's desperate to try it and her friend's been talking about it. So that's what we'll be doing tomorrow under the rest of the moon in Taurus. Love oh, it. cool. Love it. I was just going to say what's up with you, Leishy, so I guess that's it. Baking. <laughs> baking, baking, yep. Awesome. So where are we at for this week, girls? We've got a new moon on Thursday. And we've got a Mercury stations direct, and that happens, you know, all within a couple of hours of each other. Mm-hmm. Well, give or take. Totally. Yeah. It feels like so the, it's breaks, a definite- the breaks are off. Yeah, exactly. A total shift in energy. You know, we're moving into a, a new calendar month. We've got uh, new fresh energy coming through. So which one of us was going to talk about the new moon? Was that you, Lishi? No, I think that's Kel, actually. Oh, okay. Me. I'll do that. Yeah, Leisha's got a more exciting, well, not more exciting, but she's got her own exciting aspects to discuss. <laughs> a bit of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons I'm really excited about this new moon in Leo, so it's uh, it's at 8 degrees Leo, it's Wednesday the 31st of July in Canada and the States, and it'll be Thursday the 1st of um, August in Australia. It's the first lunation after eclipse season, so it does sort of indicate this return to the normal order of things. And it's in Mm. Leo where the sun is just so vibrant and bright, but it's a fire sign new moon. So it's really got that sense of energy and motivation and drive. Like this is my vision and I feel confident or I feel ready at least to take some steps towards uh, making that vision a reality. Um, So it's just, and coming through midweek, I think we're all really going to feel the cosmic wheels start turning Wednesday, Thursday. Um, you know, Cass, I know you're going to tell us more about the Mercury Station Direct as well. So, yeah, it just feels very uplifting. You know, fire, new moons have this sense of optimism or this return to maybe purpose or even a little bit of hope and just moving forward in a sustained, more calm way because Leo is one of our fixed signs you know, there's been astrological improvements going on since the 22nd, 23rd of July when the sun moved into Leo, but this is that real sort of Leo punctuation point. It feels like time to celebrate, time to shine, let's get moving. How do you gals see this uh, new moon? Yeah, one of the things you mentioned about the fire and that sense of purpose. So 
Um, I've just started season four of Spartacus, um, sort of rewatching. <laughs> kind of think I might have got through one season like ages ago and then never really completed it. And they um, said something that sort of said, set your mind to purpose. And I was just mm. writing my monthly horoscopes of for August. And it did kind of remind me of, you know, the new moon in Leo and Mercury stationing um, uh, the same day. And so it is this kind of, you know, gateway where we can set our mind to purpose and we can start to move forward again. And of course, all those, you know, gladiators from bygone eras were all a sort of about pride and honor, a couple of things that are also associated with, with Leo. So um, that evening of August 31 uh, in the US and Canada and the morning of August 1 um, here in Australia is definitely that kind of turnaround where we can really, um, you know, put the the uh, eclipses behind us, the Mercury retrograde through Cancer behind us, and it's sort of like, you know, the lessons learned, okay, yep, done, dusted, pull up our socks and get back on the horse, so to speak. How about you, Lishi? How are you feeling around the new moon in Leo? I'm just loving the movement, really. Fire means movement and it just feels like the last two months have been so stuck and I couldn't think of a better new moon to have after this mm. because it's not all kind of dispersed like Sag fire and it's not this flash in a pan like Aries fire. This is f- continuous movement, strong movement, mm. determined movement and it's almost like it's I feel like, you know, the cogs are kind of winding up towards this, especially with a few of the aspects that happened the week before um, and, the, you know, that Mars-Jupiter trine. And this is going to be like, okay, you know, I'm really getting things in motion now and really moving forward. So I get, you know, it was interesting there was a bit of a Twitter discussion um, last week set off by our friend Wade Caves about intuition and whether or not Pisces owns the intuition label or not. <laughs> and you missed it. Oh, no, um, I saw it and, like, they do not own it. And yeah, exactly. Mostly they're vague. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved a few people were talking about the intuition that fire has, that kind mm-hmm. of you can just kind of throw yourself in and you just get a sense in the movement forward. And that's was I loved that thought about this new moon. It's like just throw yourself into it and trust those what you girls call the spidey senses that will come as you're moving forward. Um I also think there's just so much joy and creativity. It's just past Venus, what, about four degrees past Venus. So I feel like some of that comes into this as well of just being able to just create new things. There's just so much newness and freshness about it, I feel. So, yeah, that's I'm just really excited. It just feels like, you know, there's just it's the sun. It's out there. It's bright. Um and there's just so much hope and optimism around it. So I'm super looking forward to it. It's going to be another version of my astro rehab, I think, you know, after all that water mm. and then, you know, a big um, injection of fire. Um, yep. It's definitely going to have that sense that um, that drying out, that separating quality. Okay, I've got my purpose. I've got my mission. I'm drying up the tears, girlfriend, and we're just going forward. So that's going to be um, quite inspiring. Actually, that's right. Yeah, because we had that new moon in Aries right after all that watery Pisces madness. After all the Pisces, yeah. 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 So So it's like these little gifts that keep on giving all year from the fire signs. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit of uh, clarity after the that sort of fogged up wetness that's been the, the last couple of months too. 
Mm. But in, you know, addition to that, we've also got Mercury stationing direct um, on the same day. So it's still in Cancer. Um, so it's not totally, you know, in the fire territory yet, but at least it's moving in the right direction uh, toward that. So that's actually happening at 24 degrees of Cancer. So the last time Mercury was at 24 degrees of Cancer was on the solstice. So mm. kind of coming back to a certain turning point or a new clarity or a new insight that we can perhaps carry through uh, through until the um the next solstice. So Mercury is going to stay in Cancer for a little while and it doesn't station direct until I think it's the 11th, um, or not station direct, but moves beyond the shadow um, mm. on until the 11th, uh, yeah. the shadow, the post-retrograde shadow period. And so that's another double dose. Um, and we'll talk about that, um, you know, in an upcoming show, but we've got sort of a new moon in Leo coupled with Mercury changing direction. And then we've got um, Mercury comes back into Leo on the 11th when Jupiter then stations direct. So then we've got even a more fire to sort of help, you know, warm the cockles of our tender hearts after all this cancer. So, yeah, I mean, that's a little bit further down the track. But this particular um, event on uh, on the new moon with Mercury uh, going direct again is definitely making tracks towards getting back on track um, starting to perhaps face some of the emotions or the sensitized feelings, maybe giving voice to some of those things that were a little bit too confusing or overwhelming um, while the retrograde was happening. So um, I'm not hugely excited. I mean, the station direct is going to be great in of itself. It's going to be a bit of a relief, but it's that station direct, um, or sorry, that return to Leo on the 11th mm. is what I'm personally really looking forward to. So it's sort of like we're not totally out of the the water feels yet, but they're starting to, it's like we're drip drying, if you like. <laughs> so we're starting to get there, um, sort of almost there, but not yet. So um, do either of you girls have any ideas or thoughts around Mercury stationing direct in Cancer? Well, I'll just go back to that car analogy that I was using previously when it did slow down. It's like <clears throat> you've backed up the street now, you've gotten to the point where you can actually choose the direction you really want to go forward in. So whether that's straight down the same street you've just backed up because now that's clear or if it's finding another street to go down. It's like all the information that we've learned in the past four weeks as it's, you know, been in its shadow and then back again, we can bring that into our perception now and be more clear about it. It's less inward and more external. So it's like, and not just that, but during that period, there was so much going on and so much learnt, so much released, so much understood. So it's like, okay, now we can really perceive clearly the way to go forward with this. So I feel like I'm actually kind of glad that there are the few, what is it, the the 11 degree, the eleven days that this will happen, that we do have the cancer because it is a time to really revisit our feelings about things and actually give voice to the emotions we may be, here, might, may be having um, mm. about all of this and, and still get a chance to kind of clear the last clutter, get rid of the last spider webs that may be a hangover from that two-month period um, before we kind of really shift off into a whole new level of um, 
of difference. So it's it's like, what did I say? Actually, I've been writing my horoscopes too. And I think, you know, I said, Mercury is the last one to be at the party, the last one to leave the party, or maybe we should call it the funeral. Um, <laughs> because that's kind of what it, it's felt like. So yeah, that's my take on it. How about, about you, Kel? Yeah, no, I love all these analogies. <laughs> when you were saying like hang out to dry, Cass, it made me think of like, oh, Mercury's coming out of the washing machine and, you know, it's not dry yet, but at least you've hung it up. So it's not going to get any more wet because this Mercury retro in Cancer has felt like emotionally a little bit like a washing machine where it's like your feelings that maybe have been all turned around or upside down and back to front and inside out and at least getting to the end of the retrograde is, okay, let's shake it out and at least have it in its normal form and then we can move forward from there. I I do think, you know, I agree with you, Cass, completely. I'm very excited for August 11th um, when Mercury leaves cancer for good for this year at least. Um, But I I do think the, the point of this next 11 days after Mercury Stations Direct is a chance to clarify or revisit some of those emotionally charged or very tender conversations that have been going on even all the way back to June when Mercury was first in this part of cancer. So if there's sort of an emotional situation or you haven't, you don't feel like you've really hit it in terms of speaking your feelings, the next sort of um, 10 to 11 days are like a second chance to have a go with that. Yeah, and totally. Mercury was thrown in the washing machine with Saturn, Pluto and the South Nodes. (laughs) The kids left a few rocks in their pockets. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't like one of those front loaders. It was the top loader with the agitator in the centre just to kind of like really pound the poor guy. But, um, yeah, so now it's sort of like, you know, that ability to, okay, well, I've gone through the hard yards. And so I think, you know, these last couple of months for, you know, Cancer and Capricorns um, has been, you know, really kind of some innate insights and, and growth and, you know, awareness around you know, the the feelings and the emotions and things. Cool. So I guess that's uh, Mercury um, sort of wound up for a little bit. So there's a little bit of relief there. The post-retrograde is, um, you know, still got to go through the shadow period. So things will just start to become a little bit more illuminated, a little bit more uh, clear, the the ironing out process. So we hang out that item of clothing and we can start to, you know, it gets drier and drier. Okay, it's ready to iron now. And so that will probably be that uh, the Leo component there. So I'm really excited about that. Um, It's going to be, um, you know, a very signature end of this crazy last couple of months. So cool. So Lishi, I think you are on to the next uh, exciting aspect of the week. Yes. And this is on, so this is Friday, the 2nd of August um, in the evening here in Australia. Um, So this is Venus square Uranus. Um, And I feel like she is really, you know, we've had the sun square earlier this week, but I just felt like the Venus one was more, more up my alley. I don't know. There was just, I was thinking of you, Cass, actually, because what what popped into my head with this was the Evanescence song, you know, Wake Me Up Inside. I don't know why. That whole film. (laughs) (laughs) That's about as close as I get to to death metal. I did love that song, actually. Black metal. It's different. But anyway, yep. Black metal, sorry. (laughs) I've got this other friend who's really into Swedish death metal, he calls it. So I always get really confused. Oh, okay. That's all right. Maybe but, you know, you know, the Evanescence, you know, it, it had its moment. 
Yeah, it was good. Yeah, but it was just that whole sense of just needing to be woken up inside after all of this stuff. It's like shocking revelations that come to us through relationships or or some tension from new people coming into our lives that are just like, okay, you know, what do we really want right now? What do we really value? It's bringing, you know, what's been brought to light this week in amongst all the Leo stuff is we're tapping back into the Uranus in Taurus. We're tapping back into that. There's That's been a little bit quiet um, with all the Saturn, Pluto, South Node crazy. So it's coming back to that place of, okay, where do we have to wake ourselves up? Where do we have to become more aware? What insights are possibly dropping in around how we're relating to others, how we're connecting to others? You know, I think um, Venus in Leo is really... a bit of a, you know, she's got this real regal, this real noble way of looking at things and she can really radiate such warmth and and such care and generosity to others. But it's like, well, where are you giving too much of that potentially and where are others taking too much from you? Um, what value are you putting on yourself and are you being authentic enough? And, and potentially by valuing yourself more and your own ability to shine out, then how can you offer that light to others? So instead of doing what others are expecting of you, doing what you need to do. Um, And that's why I was kind of thinking of that Evanescence song. It's like that whole wake me up inside, let me be my life kind of thing. So, yeah, what do you girls think? It's funny, that song only came on one of my recent Spotify random things the other day and I was like, oh, I haven't heard this one for quite some while. I was like, okay, great. I don't need to hear it again for another five years. (laughs) (laughs) I detect some witchcrafting in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) That was a nice, you know, revisit back to 2002. I don't want to be there. Oh, and actually maybe it was a little bit later than that, but whatever. It was 2003, I think, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I remember that time of my life and, yeah, so I'm glad it's 2019. Um, Yeah, so Venus and Uranus, I mean, where there's a square, there's that invitation to compromise. Your wants, somebody else's want, or Venus who just kind of in Leo just wants to go her own way, do her own thing, radiate her own light. Um, It's almost like, oh, I have to, like, fit in with someone else or I have to adjust with someone else or, you know, um, or a circumstance, you know, that's kind of, you know, put her on the back foot and say, oh, okay, well, I want to go this way. And then, you know, Uranus wants to go that way. And it's like, well, okay, well, if we don't have some kind of compromise here, we're both just going to keep on butting heads with each other. And I think the compromise piece is potentially a little bit more trickier because we're talking about two signs that are fixed. So um, it might be a little bit more of, you know, I give a bit, you give a bit, and it's, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of uh, scope there for compromise, but it might be a little bit more difficult uh, given the nature of the signs. And, you know, Taurus is already getting a little bit irritated now, so um, it might be, you know, am I going to stick my heels in a little bit more or am I going to perhaps, you know, roll with these punches? But, you know, Venus and Uranus together under a square can at least kind of help you realize what's not working where are we stuck where are we stagnant where do we need to kind of do something different and when you feel those levels of discomfort or friction that squares can bring up it's like okay well that's telling you something's not working or something Mm. isn't quite you know flowing or, or moving freely so where you feel that sort of tension or friction that's always your cue okay well 
I need to try something new or I need to be open to other possibilities or I need to, you know, uh, take stock of things and maybe audit, you know, my relationship processes or we're doing this but we really need to be doing that or, you know, whatever the situation uh, brings up for you. So there is a lot of uh, scope for you know, as you said, Lishi, the authenticity and, and all of that sort of stuff. But it's like, who's going to budge first? I think maybe the question here too. What are your thoughts, Kelly? Oh, look, I uh, love all of what you both are saying. And look, there is a feeling of excitement, isn't there? Because friction, um, I think you were writing very eloquently about friction recently on the internet, Leash. Um <laughs> <laughs> Check out Alicia's Instagram page for the Venus Pluto aspect. Um, but that was a couple of weeks ago as this one goes to air. But I mean, I do get this feeling of excitement and restlessness, you know, so that boredom or that craving for freedom is something that I think will come through a lot. And the authenticity, it seems like it's about desire, you know, to check in and see what it is that that you crave or that defines pleasure for you now that might be different from how you might have defined pleasure in the past. Um, and then it does feel like it's a very important aspect because Venus rules Taurus. So she's like mm. the one that is sort of managing the Uranus and Taurus process. And now those two planets are a little bit at odds. So it feels like a day where there'll be some surprises or some unexpected developments or changes. Now, within those changes, there can be freedom and opportunity, but if you're very set on this is how I want it to be, you might miss some of those opportunities. And so if you can be flexible or spontaneous, you may find that you're able to make something happen that's completely wild, out of the blue, or way faster than you expected. But we'll all be dealing with a few little like, oh, I hadn't thought this thing would go in that direction. Uh, mm. on. It's, it's a very exciting energy and that can be stimulating even if it surprises you in the way it shows up. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, Venus unifies and Uranus fragments. So I almost get this sense of, you know, Venus coming and sweeping up all the pieces after Uranus has blown things apart, but she's trying to put it back together in a better way, a more beautiful way, which always, you know, that mosaic and analogy I often use of, you know, creating something even more beautiful around the pieces that are left behind. So like you've both been saying, you know, have a look at really what has been left behind, what is important, because that will be your priorities from now on. And with the freedom that you've both potentially given yourself, I mean, you know, it's one of the things I, I remember learning in college with counselling is how codependent we're taught to be in our relationships in today's society. You know, we're taught to be living like this with our partner when really the ideal way is to be just a bit overlapped. So you still have yourself in it. So where is it potentially that you and a partner are not giving each other enough freedom? Um, to, to express because sometimes it's when you go, oh, actually, that's the person I fell in love with when I first saw them. Um, when you've become so melded, you actually forget to really see who they truly are. Yeah, Leash, that reminds me of one of my favourite Khalil Gibran quotes or passages mm. on marriage, which talks about... Yes. Um, so it's Khalil Gibran on marriage for anybody who wants to look it up. I mean, he's a, a beautiful Lebanese poet. I recommend getting his book, The Prophet. But he talks about, you know, love one another but make not a bond of your love. Let it be a moving sea between the shores of your souls. He talks about fill each other's cup but don't drink from the same cup. And then he goes to say, you know, give your hearts but not into each other's keeping 
stand together yet not too near together because the oak tree and the cypress grow not in each other's shadows. So there has to be a level of space for growth. And this, yeah, Venus Uranus aspect really speaks to that. And just what you were saying, Leisha, I'm like, oh, that's, you know, so beautifully said mm. in this piece of poetry. And I love him. He's on children. One is beautiful <gasps> as well. The like arrows the, and yeah, shoot the, the arrows, arrows out. from your bow. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like that's a lot of the philosophy I draw on marriage is from that particular poem and and other things I've read, you know, it's so important. You know, my husband and I actually have a contract and we always have. It was in our wedding vows to give each other freedom and support each other in that. Um, so for us, that's a really key thing. Um, and so, that you know, really speaks to what this is all about too. Love it. Um, yeah, I also uh, reminds me of some of Esther Perel's work where, on her mm. website, she's a, I think she's French, maybe living in Belgium, perhaps, Kel. So maybe you guys could, you know, catch up I know Scotch she, I at some she point. I from Belgium, yes. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so she, on her website, estherperel.com, there's some audibles where you can listen to snippets of um, real couples counselling. So, of course, you know, everything's um, anonymous, but it's it's actual real in-session work. Mm-hmm. And often... Um, the question she asks, you know, what was it about your partner you were initially attracted to? Yeah. Mm. And so often it is what initially attracts you is what eventually repulses you or mm. turns you away from somebody. And um, and so, you know, I've always kind of had that theory, you know, in, in relationships they always start, the, you know, they always end the way they begin and I guess it's a similar type of theory here. But when Venus and Uranus are coming together, it is also an invite to what might be like annoying the absolute crap out of me about my partner right now. Is that exactly what initially attracted me? And so that can also help, you know, maybe reignite the spark, you know, that friction, that tension. It's like, hey, it is kind of annoying me, but it was one of those endearing qualities and perhaps even reframing it in your own mind. You know, Mercury's now uh, direct. Okay, these feelings are my own. It's actually not my partner or this, Mm. that and the other and can help us perhaps reinvigorate that spark or, you know, turn that thing that is annoying into something that you might find cute again, potentially. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, it yeah. does speak to that idea that, you know, in a lot of couples in relationship therapy, they talk about it's novelty that leads to desire. So for one of the positives out of a Venus-Uranus aspect is if things have become too routine or too familiar or too habitual, you will lose desire. And so how can you shake it up by breaking out of routine and habit, basically? And you have to have yeah, that totally. surprise in there for that. Yeah. Yeah. And another aspect is, well, you know, Venus can often hold up a mirror from relationships. So sometimes what's annoying the hell out of you from your partner is actually something that you haven't looked at in yourself. So there is that sense of being able to dig deep and find your own your own issues within from that reflection you've been offered by your partner too. Mm, 100%. Cool. So lots of juicy stuff there to, you know, mm-hmm. get the first week of August um, up and running. So, um, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, it's like on your marks. And now we're like here in August and it's going to be an exciting month. So what have you got planned um, this week, girls, in terms of work and exciting things? So 
This week, I actually think I'm off work this week because this is the it's the half July, half August week, which is sort of just really weird planning. But I do have my next webinar coming up on August 10th, which is called PowerPoints, How to Activate Your Ascendant and Midheaven. So if you're interested in getting a little bit more out of your chart, that's now open for registration on my website just via the homepage. What do you two have on? How about you, Leishi? You go. Um... I am running a special for subscribers while Venus is in Leo because she's been delivering the goods for me this this month or well, this year actually. So yeah, um, subscribe to my website to get 33% off consults at the moment. Um, maybe have a peek at the next six months and see what's now that we've passed that crazy tunnel, um, see what's on the cards and how to make the most of Jupiter through Sagittarius <laughs> before it leaves. Um, yeah, so hop up onto my website. Excellent. Awesome. And what about and me? You, Cass? Well, um, what do I have? I'm sort of like in uh, preparation with a new website right now. So mm. hopefully sometime this month that will be launched with lots of new goodies to offer. So I've been kind of in that creativity space. So nothing really huge to kind of say, yay, um, go check it out this week. But um, there's a lot of things uh, in the pipeline. So stay tuned. And yeah. Um, I guess that's it, right? Yeah. See everyone next week. We're we're all really uh, ready to go. Okay. Awesome. See you all next week. And if you like the episode, please be sure to subscribe and, of course, share our link. Spread the insight. Yay. All righty, guys. (laughs) See you next week. Bye.